This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Whoa, twice in one week. Episode 173 of the Clay Young Show is invading your podcast device as we get ready for football. College football is off and running, really gets going this weekend. The NFL gets going next week on Thursday night, the Falcons and the Eagles, and then a full slate of games on Sunday and Monday. I'm looking forward to that. And as we have done the last few years, we talk a preview of the season today. Matt Moscona is our guest on the show, the host of After Further Review. And we're going to be breaking down what is coming up in this football season. In fact, we're not going to take a quick break. Let's just jump to the interview with Matt that I actually recorded with him a couple of days ago. And you will hear in the interview the news breaking about Teddy Bridgewater being traded to the Saints. I mean, that's that was literally happening as we were recording the interview for this week's show. And all I got to say about that after the fact now, knowing that Bridgewater was gotten for a third-round pick, is if the Saints keep him another year, if he, if he re-signs with the Saints, that's a good deal. You got a backup quarterback, probably getting him at more of a bargain now than before he tore his knee up. And you don't have to worry about that. But if he leaves, you then lose that potential backup and that third round pick goes out with him. But I just have to believe that that Loomis and Peyton had to have had a conversation or maybe had to believe that they were going to be able to keep him around. So we'll see what happens. But here's the interview that I did with Matt Moscona a couple of days ago. Matt Moscona, the host of After Further Review on the air in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans and soon to be nationwide. I just believe that about him. Football season's about to kick up this weekend with college football season. And then uh, next week, the NFL gets going with the Eagles and the Falcons. First up, Matt, how are you, brother? I'm good, man, and Clay, but i got to mention this as well. We launched in Alexandria this week. So Fantastic. We're, uh, now in San La. So uh, Alexandria is 94.7 ESPN. Those folks in the central part of the state, look us up, 3 to 6. Uh, it's just when you're working in Bristol, just don't forget Baton Rouge, all right? I don't know, man. <laughs> Bristol's a little cold, dog. I think that's good where I am. <laughs> Listen, it's very cold, not a little cold. And, hell, most of the shows are moving to, to each coast. They're either going to California or going to – Going to New York for some reason. I don't know, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird shift in media, man. You know, you can work. You can you can do what you want and what you love anywhere now. It's well, that's true. You, you really don't have to leave Baton Rouge if you don't want to. I mean, Feinbaum does his show. Where, what is he, where does he do that show from? He's in Charlotte. So the SEC Network headquarters are in Charlotte. So that's where all those guys are based. Okay. Well, let's start up with, uh, with college football. The Tigers take on... The Miami Hurricanes this weekend, and it's in it's in Arlington. It's in Jerry World. It's a very interesting game one of the season. I guess I'll start right right there. Whose idea was this to start with Miami? <laughs> well, I mean, this is kind of there was a this this is sort of the end of this decade long trend in college football with the neutral site openers, and and the reason is purely financial because I mean, if you think of it, Clay. If you do a home-and-home, home, the home game is going to be very lucrative, right? If LSU brought Miami to Baton Rouge. But the return game is a financial – you take a financial bath because you get a payout just like 
when when LSU or whoever would bring in a, a, a non-conference opponent into Baton Rouge. So I'll give you a, 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 an example from this year. So Ohio State is going to play a neutral site game against TCU, and they're going to get $5 million to play that game. If they had done a when, – when Texas and Ohio State did a home-at-home home a few years back, Ohio State got four hundred grand guaranteed from Texas when they played in Austin. So think about that. Like, you can go on the road and play a true neutral game. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, a true road game and make four hundred k or half a million. Or you can go play a neutral side game, one pop, t- take home a, a gigantic check, and be on with your life. It just financially yeah. makes too yeah. much sense. So I mean, it's why you saw this trend with LSU and so many other schools going to this. But what's happened also is that fans got ticked. And they're like, what? I, I'm buying season tickets. I don't get to see any of the good games. Right. So that's why you're seeing LSU now start to schedule more true home and homes, even though financially it's a loss. Well, this is going to be interesting. This offseason has been interesting with what's what's the story behind the quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks who left? Is it as simple as they weren't going to play, so they wanted to be somewhere else, or was it something else? I, I think that's it, Clay. I mean, look, if you're Justin McMillan and you're going into your fourth year and – you know, the guy ahead of you graduates and you go through spring and it's roundly understood that you were you were the best guy coming out of spring and you still don't get the job. They go get a grad transfer because they didn't they didn't think you were good enough. I mean, the, the writing's on the wall. The only thing surprising to me was that those two guys, uh, McMillan and Narcisse, stayed in the fall camp. I, I thought after spring football, both would have left. But I, it's that simple, man. It's just the state of college football, especially in the quarterback position. If guys don't play, they, they leave. What do you think is going to happen during the game? The book on Miami last year was if you don't turn the ball over, they struggled a little bit, and you don't have to listen to that hideous turnover chain song if you were in Miami. <laughs> but, I mean, they're, they're in Arlington. So uh, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I can't believe you're hating on the turnover chain, man. That's yeah. awesome. That was one of the best parts of college football last year. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. So, well, no, 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 no. no listen, I, actually, actually, I, I, lo- I loved the enthusiasm. I thought it was actually a great idea. But just think about it: if you're playing in Miami and you throw a pick or you fumble, not only do you have to live with that, you got to listen to three minutes of this song <laughs> <laughs> and this Flavor Flav chain with a U on it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it. it, it listen, it's a great team building thing. But do you think yeah. we're going to see a bunch of those uh, those? Because I'm sure they're going to play it in Arlington if something. Happens. So, do you think we're so, going to see it? The thing, all right. So, the, here's the thing with turnovers, right? I mean, you watch enough football, you know. There's t- to some degree turnovers are chance. Like when when the Saints played in a preseason game a couple weeks ago, and Taysom Hill is is turning to hand the ball off and just drops the football. Like I don't care how savvy your defensive coordinator is, he did nothing. Right. Quarterback's a bonehead and dropped the football. Right. But the truth is, like with Miami. Their, their coordinator is a guy named Manny Diaz. He had been at Florida. He had been at, at Mississippi State uh, under Dan Mullen. He is, a by nature, a very aggressive play caller. He's a high-risk, high-reward type guy. Okay. So he's going, to, he's going to bring pressure and try to force quarterbacks into, into mistakes. And that's sometimes you get burned. You leave your guys out on an island. So we'll see if LSU's you know, receivers can make plays and if Joe Burrow can make accurate th- throws in the face of pressure or – if you know if he, he forces some balls, gets happy feet, we'll see. But I mean, there's there is some validity to that. I mean, you don't you're, you're not that consistent at at forcing turnovers if you're not doing something to at least force that action a little bit. But I mean, that's 
that's just a huge key, man, because statistically Miami's defense wasn't great, Clay. I mean, they were, no, right. you know, they were in the in the 50s in total defense that's last right. year. You're not talking about a top 10 defense. They just, they were third in the country in takeaways. They had something like 31 takeaways. I and mean, it's, you're talking about almost three a game. I mean, that's, you steal three possessions a game, you're, you're going to win a lot of games. Well, and you know, and and the the truth be told, for people who want to know, and and again about this stuff, you talk about it every day. So this isn't an exclusive conversation. You've been breaking this down for a long time. But for people who haven't been following it, if there are any out there, what do you expect from Ensminger's offense? What what will the offense look like this year? Man, I, you know, honestly, Clay, I don't know. Man, I wow. can take guesses, but you think of it like this: like Steve Ensminger hasn't been a full-time offensive coordinator in 20 years. Right. He was an interim at Auburn 10 years ago. He was the interim at LSU a couple of years ago. But people, sometimes people have a misconception that's not his offense. Like, you can't come in. A, a staff can't get fired, and then you just show up on Monday and start installing an offense. You just you have the play sheet, and you're just calling plays for that week. Right. So he was calling somebody else's offense in those situations. So – what does Steve's offense look like? We're all going to find out together, truthfully. I don't believe LSU is going to be able to run the football. They do not have a bell cow. There is no Fournette or Geis or Jeremy Hill or any NFL running back today on this roster. That's not to say that Nick Brissett can't – or uh, Clyde Edwards-Elayer, or I don't think Nick Brissett's an NFL running back, but Clyde Edwards-Elayer or Chris Curry can't emerge into that as they get older. But like, there's no NFL back on this roster today. And you got three new starters on that offensive line. I don't think they can run it. So I think they're going to have to throw a ton of screens as an extension of the running game and throw the ball 60, 65% of the, of the, the snaps. I think Clay, you're just going to see a, a complete reversal of what they were a year ago where they ran at 65% of their, their snaps. I think you got to reverse that this year just because you don't have the ability – to turn around, hand the ball to Darius Geis 30 times a game and say, hey, go grind one out for us today. Like, this team just doesn't have that. So they're whether it's short, intermediate passing, you know, pick your spots to go deep, I just think they're going to throw the ball a ton because they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Is, is Coach Orgeron going to be okay with that? It doesn't seem like that goes along with his DNA of, of flinging it around the yard. Do you think he's going to have to be, or you know, what's the deal there? I, I think – Anyone who doesn't acknowledge that, Clay, is in for a rude awakening. And look, we go through these scrimmages and you hear how the offense has struggled and how the, the running game struggled. And, and the, the counter-argument from LSU fans has been, yeah, but LSU's defensive line is so great and anybody's going to struggle. And there's some validity there. Like, LSU does have a really strong defensive front seven. But so does Miami. Yeah. And so does Auburn. Yep. And Mississippi State's got two kids on the defensive line that are first-round draft picks. And Florida's got a first-round draft pick in C.C. Jefferson. We haven't even mentioned Alabama or Georgia, the two teams that played for the national title last year. Like, that's what you're going to face every stinking week in this conference. So if you can't win the line of scrimmage and run the ball, you have to throw it. I just I think that's just what they have to be. They've got to be a pass-first team. What do you expect to happen Sunday? I, I think it's going to be low-scoring because I think both defenses are really good. And I think um, – the variable for Miami that works against it is, is their quarterback Malik Rogier, And it's odd because he's a fifth year senior, but that's a guy who is when he played better defenses a year ago, they fell off a cliff. Man. Yep. He, this yep. is a guy who the variety in his completion percentage would go like 40% to 74%. Like that's, that was the, 
that's how enigmatic he was last year. So I think LSU's defense pressures him and they force him into mistakes and, and LSU is able to control field position and line of scrimmage. The big, so I think LSU wins 2017. I think it's a, it's a field goal game, but keep in mind the kickers. Miami had a kid named Michael Bagley, who was their kicker last year. He was their school's career scoring and field goal leader. Nobody scored more points in the history of that program than this kid. He's graduated. So, they have a redshirt freshman coming in who's never attempted a kick in a college game. LSU's got Cole Tracy. He's the grad transfer from Assumption College. Now, he was kicking at a smaller school, but he was the best kicker in the country outside of Division One. He won the, the – it's like the Fred Mitchell Award. They give it to the best place kicker in the country in the lower divisions of football. So, experience, all that sort of stuff kind of sides with LSU. If it comes to a – to a field goal, I think I trust LSU's kid to make it instead of Miami's. Well, and and I agree with you. It's going to be a good game on Sunday. Looking forward to it. And I want to. I, I wanted to, to to ask a little bit about Southern, but I'm going to move quickly to 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 the Saints in light of what's just breaking right now as we're recording this, and that is that the Saints have traded for Teddy Bridgewater from the Jets. And man, that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a big deal, but what the hell does that mean? Um, dude, you're stumping me. This yeah. actually just happened. I just got the alert that the Saints are trading for Jets quarterback Holy Teddy crap, Bridgewater. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Twitter right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so this. Okay, I don't know. Oh yeah, there's Adam Schefter. Okay, I gotta see what they gave up for. <laughs> oh man. All right. So first thing. First things first. Uh, I like the move. You were not at all content with the guys you had behind. Not at all. Drew Brees. Not at all. And so if something ha- – so the Saints are all in this year, right? So you feel like this is your shot to go win a title. And if Brees – let's say Brees turns an ankle and he misses three games, you lose those three games, you're screwed. Or if something like what happened last year in Philly with – Carson Wentz going down, you had Nick Foles, a competent starter, there ready to, to step in. If the Saints had to go to Taysom Hill or Tom Savage, the season's over. So this makes a lot of sense uh, to bring in Bridgewater, who has been a starter, yep. a former first-round pick and all that stuff. So I, I like all of that. Everybody loves him. Depend- Everybody says he's a hard well, worker and he's a good kid. Yeah, and let's see. I mean, he had a devastating injury, and here's hoping he's come back from it can be and can be as good as he ever was or better. Um, and let's see if maybe Bridgewater can learn under Drew Brees. So I want to see the contract. Are they yeah. going to give him like a long-term extension thinking, okay, this is our guy post-Drew, or is this one-year Band-Aid as Drew's backup? The other thing, though, is what did they give up for him? Remember, Clay, last year Minnesota traded for Sam Bradford. They gave up a one and a two. Right. They gave up a ton for Sam Bradford, right. and ultimately he got hurt. But the Saints don't have a one next year. They moved up to get Marcus Davenport in this year's draft. So I don't know what they gave the Jets for Teddy Bridgewater, but I am aching to find out because if they ultimately gave up a, a middle-round pick or something like that for Teddy Bridgewater, that's amazing. But if they had to give up, let's say, a 20, uh, 2020 First round pick, yeah. Then you're going to go consecutive years without a first rounder. That's, right, you're wading into dangerous territory. There. Very dangerous territory, and and I think Bridgewater, like you said, Drew Brees is one of the best to have ever done it. So if he can sit behind him, 
and and really and, and Teddy could sling it from the from the pocket, but nothing like Drew Brees. He can learn from one of the best offensive minds, and then, like I said, an all time great quarterback. But that's a that's a big deal, and that, that guarantees that Darnold is going to be the guy. And I think they're probably getting getting Bridgewater out of there. So if the kid struggles, you won't have people screaming for Bridgewater to get in the game, uh, you know, because Jet Jet fans are a, a whole interesting cut of cloth. Uh, <laughs> so so so, uh, but you know, and and we can we can get right into that about the Saints. It, and and look, this is coming from a Niner fan, but I'm looking at the Saints saying this year's got to be Super Bowl or bust. I don't know how it's anything else. Yeah. And it's it's one thing for fans to say it, yep. but I, I'm a firm believer in actions speak louder than words. Yep. And when you're the Saints yep. and you go tr- you trade up to get Marcus Davenport in round one, right. you go snag Kurt Coleman in free agency away from Carolina, right. uh, now look at what they've done with Teddy Bridgewater. Like They are going all in right now. Yep. To say this is it because I think you just recognize at some point it's going to stop working for Drew, right? And when it does, like I don't I don't care how good your Marshawn Lattimore is, I don't care how good Mike Thomas is, and those are great players. But without a great quarterback, you're not winning in the NFL, right? I mean, look at what happened in Denver the year one year post Peyton winning a Super Bowl, right? You're not even a playoff team. That's right. So, I mean. Yeah, they they're they're clearly. I mean, this is they're clearly all in. They're mortgaging their future for for the now, and if it gets them a Super Bowl, awesome. It's you know, it's what it's what you want an NBA analogy. It's what Miami did when they traded for Shaq, right? When they, you know, the, the Lakers said, "Okay, we'll bet on the long term with Kobe." They send Shaq to Miami, and ultimately, Miami gets their 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 title yep. in 05 with Shaq and D Wade or yep. 06, and then. You know, Kobe and Powell did their thing and wound up winning, winning I think, three together, but either or two or three together, whatever it was. But point is, like, it can work both ways, but I'm all for mortgaging the future if you can win now because winning but a you have to win. is rare. You have to win. Yeah, but you got to win. Yeah. But, but you got to put, but I mean, but you, but fortune favors the bold and you've got to yep. be willing to make these types of moves to get there. I mean, look, Denver, I'll keep bringing up Denver. Remember Denver when they got a keep to leave, and they when they had Peyton, and they knew it was close to the end, and they got DeMarcus Ware, and they supplemented with some great young talent, like when they had Demarius Thomas and Von Miller, and they supplemented with those veterans and said, "We're we're all in. Let's like let's go," and they got it done. And no one's ever going to complain about it. Well, we've got some time to talk more about what the Saints are going to do during the season. I think overall we agree that it's got to be you know Super Bowl or bust. And I know that that you're up against the clock, but I couldn't I couldn't get in and out of here without asking about what Dawson Odom is going to be doing over at, at Southern on the Bluff. They're taking on TCU to start the season, man. That is a tall order. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna go well, man. No, 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 no. It's gonna no, yeah. no. It's gonna be a slaughter. It's it's gonna be. It's and listen, you that's take, a that's a money grab game. No doubt, they're gonna get a half a million to go over there, and you go play at Amon Carter Stadium, and you get to play TCU, and honestly, you, you need that half a million yep. to to float your budget. And I, yep. I get all that. Yep. I I just I think everything is better in Baton Rouge when LSU and Southern are are both good and both relevant. And, I agree. You know, what Dawson Odoms is done. You know, after. Stump Mitchell couldn't get it done following a legend of Pete Richardson. Yep. I mean, it's it's been impressive to make Southern fun and, and relevant again. And uh, I love that the SWAC championship game is back. Um, and I'm I'm very, very hopeful that that uh, that the Jags are 
are, are making several trips to the state of Texas this year. Well, yeah, and, and Dawson, he just seems like he's a very good guy, and and he's he's good for the program, and he's good for the city. And I, and I know you you're, you got to run. When you look just f- finally here, um, the NFL has faced all of this controversy because of politics. Just what's your take on where the league is headed with all of this, uh, you know, media activism that's happening by its players? Uh, I, you know, Clay, I, I don't know that, that you and I have ever even talked about this, but I just I, my whole feeling on uh, on on celebrities using their platform is if like I I never talk politics on my show ever. I've, I've not right. talked. The only time I would ever talk about you know the anthem controversy or anything is if it led to a player being suspended, and then how that would impact the game. And it, and it's not a cop out, and it's not that I don't have opinions on it, but my feeling is, I, what I get paid to do, and the reason people come to my show is to hear thoughtful sports commentary. Hopefully, right. laugh a little bit, but yep. that's why they come. Yep. And I'll, I'll give you. I'll take. I'll step aside from sports for a second and go. So and now it's it's different if there's a universal good. I'll give you an example. J.J. Watt last year with the Hurricane Harvey. Absolutely. Like he used his celebrity and raised forty one million dollars for people in a community after a hurricane. There's not a single soul that could think anything negative about that. That's right. Like that is a universal good. Um, you know, I'm my, I'm the the dad of a of a, a kid who's had heart surgery and a lot of issues. There's been many times where I've advocated for foundations for heart disease and different right. things. There's nobody that could be mad at me for that. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a universal good. If I go to a concert and I pay my money to go hear my favorite band is Pearl Jam. If I go hear Pearl Jam because I want to hear him play all the hits and Eddie Vedder's on stage and he starts something political, brother, that's a bait and switch. Yep. I, I didn't come here yep. to hear yep. politics. I came here to hear you play your hits. That's not to say... It's not the, the shut up and dribble thing that became you know the, the the line with with LeBron and everything, but it's I'm not saying you can't have opinions, but I choose not to use the, the attention that I have because the reason I got the attention was for sports commentary. That's and right. that's what people come for. and there there are so many platforms if people want that content in that conversation where they can go get it. but it's just not mine. so I Similarly, I guess like I, if I'm not saying that NFL players shouldn't have a voice and shouldn't use their voice, and if they feel passionately about it, fine. O- on a field in a post game press conference, like I just personally think it's it's the wrong place, regardless of what the message is. I agree with you 100. percent I don't go there for that. There are a million channels I can go to if I want that, and and that's just yeah. the truth. Listen, I, I know you got to get out of here. Tell people where they can find you on social if they want to keep up with you or learn more about the show. Well, good luck spelling the last name, but it's M O S C O N A. So if you can get through all the vowels, it's on Twitter at Matt Moscona. I've got Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm on all of them. Uh, our show's on in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria now, and uh, simulcast on Cox Sports TV in like 18 states. So we're blessed, man. man. I'm, 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 you have to actively try not to find me. I'm so <laughs> force myself into, into people's news feeds all the time. Hey, listen.
listen, you, I, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job. I just got one criticism on the morning scone. Those bottles look a little full behind you, man. I mean, doesn't look like you're putting in work. <laughs> that doesn't look I, like you're putting in work over there, man. <laughs> many, many trips to the store. <laughs> okay, all right. Now you you just redeemed yourself, brother. Man, have a good show. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about this. I'm sure by the time people get the show, you will have broken it down. But I, I'm interested in finding out what the what the Hoodats gave up for Teddy Bridgewater too fascinating times, man. It's always great to chat, Clay. Thanks for calling, You man. too, brother. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Didn't ESPN use this? Yeah, yeah, they did. Heck, that could probably be my theme song. Man, I appreciate Matt Moscona coming on with us. Ball starts this weekend. The college football season is really already underway. Northwestern got off to a good start. Alabama's this weekend, and of course, the Tigers are on Sunday. As we talked about, the Jags will take on TCU, and that is probably not going to go well. But hey, let's hope everybody gets in and out of this one without injury. And Scone thinks that Miami is going to fall to the Tigers on Sunday. I'd love to see that. Love to see that. And as for the NFL getting kicked off next week as we record this, that should be great as well. Man. Football is back. Let's hope we can have more of it without some of the politics, right? And that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. But like I've told you before, I just want to watch football. And I think these players can have their opinions in any medium they want except one like that because I'm not going there for that. That's just one person's opinion. Lots of people disagree, and they don't mind it. And that, hey, look, I don't criticize people who disagree with that, and that's where they want to be. But for me, I just want to watch ball, man, when I watch it. That's, that's really it. Anyway, the season's off to a good start. Go Jags. Go Tigers. In my case, go 49ers. But, hey, I agree with Scone. I said it in the show. This season is shaping up to be Super Bowl or bust 
for the Saints. I mean, they really are that good, and we'll see what happens. Until then, we'll catch you next week as our guest on the show will be David Tatman, president of the East Baton Rouge Parish School Board. He'll be here in studio, and you'll catch that on episode 174 of The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.